Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress, let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon, you will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that thing. That's me. Hello. Welcome to yet another episode of That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. The J in the middle stands for Jackson. I forgot to check. I forgot to check and figure out what episode number this is. So that's why I didn't say, welcome to episode blah. If I had to guess, I think this might be episode 20. Is eight, seven, it's either 27 or 28. I don't remember. Well, I've got a fun show for you today. I am going to talk about something that's kind of caught my interest lately called FALC, F-A-L-C, which stands for Fully Automated Luxury Communism, or the upgraded internet version of it, the Fully Automated Luxury Gay Space Communism. I did say communism before, right? Because when I was doing the research, I I kept saying fully automated luxury capitalism, and that's just an oxymoron. Capitalism doesn't work for a long time. You know, it's it's good for getting out of like uh, feudal type systems, but then eventually it 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 itself turns into a feudal oligarchic aristocracy type system because of um, the hoarding of, of wealth and materials. But before we get into any of that, I want to take care of some quick business and tell you about my week. Well, uh, business first. If you are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you can listen to podcasts that I've uploaded this show to, to which I have uploaded this show, um, if you're able to, rate and review the show, please. R-A-T-E, rate. Not, Not another word that sounds very similar and is one letter off. Rate the show and uh, write a review and um, because that helps me get more people like you 
And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. I think they still have the little bell button next to the subscribe button. If you select that bell, uh, you'll get notifications for whenever I upload new videos. And also something new I'm going to start doing, starting with this episode, is I'm going to start putting out like... um one to f one to five minute clips from highlights of each episode. A good friend of mine, Brian Wade. Oh God, I shouldn't have said last name, should I? A good friend of mine, Brian. I think that's a common enough name. It's okay, right? That's okay, right? There's enough white guys. Oh God, I gave away his color too. Okay, I have a friend who suggested that I start putting out highlight clips of this show. And he said that would be a good way to get more people to watch. This is specifically for YouTube. So if you're listening, uh, you, you can check out, I've got a YouTube channel. It's, it's the same name as the show, that thing with James J. Asher, the second, um, well, you can, uh, find clips of the show starting after this episode, I'll put up highlights and, uh, an another, uh, but, well, that friend and then another friend also suggested that I start doing some live streaming. Um, I don't really have the equipment to do that, and I don't know if I have the time just yet to do that. I've got a lot on my plate already and like more stuff's coming in every week, but I'm sure I could manage something. You know, if I got a webcam or something, I could manage like a, I don't know a bi-weekly or once monthly stream, live stream. That'd be something to consider. Nothing for you to think about. I don't know why the fuck I'm telling you any of this. I'm getting bored listening to myself talk about it. Uh, let's see what else. Um, you can find me on Instagram and t Twitter at James J. Asher. You can visit my website, jamesjasher.com. Uh, there I have on the contact page, my agent's contact info. And I also have a blog, uh, where way further back before I started the show, I've got some like essays or whatever. I'm not sure what to call them on there. Uh, let's see social media website, subscribing, subscribing. Oh, and if you want to donate to the show, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. You may do so at patreon.com slash that thing with James. There you can donate as little as $1 per month or as high as $15,000 per month if you have fuck you money or if you're just really bad at money management. Either way, if you want to donate, it's a monthly setup and you can select any tier that I've created of, you know, how much money you want to donate. And uh, that will help me perhaps get better equipment so and and also buy more time in my life so that I can keep bringing you more and better content and meeting new people and bringing guests on to the show. Um, so again, that's patreon.com slash that thing with James. If you want to donate, you can be one of the cool dudes like Josh. Wink, wink, bling, bling. Now, uh, this week, this week, has been hectic. 
uh, like yesterday, I'm filming this on Saturday, recording this on Saturday. Yesterday was Friday and I was like manic all day. Um, and really since about this time last week, so that would be Saturday of last week when I recorded the last episode, everything just felt really frenetic, frenetic energy all week long. And I'm not the only person who was feeling that way either, because I spent a good hour at the grocery store yesterday trying to look for inspiration um, as far as meals and snacks and uh, provisions are concerned. Um, and I, over I overheard a couple different conversations happening at two different times with uh, two different sets of people talking about the weird energy today, today being yesterday. Um, and I could not agree with them more. So it's been a weird, frantic week, and I've been begging for some kind of stillness in my life, some uh, just oneness, just some calm. And thankfully, today, I finally have that stillness and calm. And uh, it's nice. It's nice to have. It's also nice to have clean teeth. I went to the dentist for the first time in about mm, seven years, I think. I went this past Tuesday and I was feeling fine. I was feeling fine. I, I, I dislike my, my dental insurance company. The, when I, when I signed up on it through the, um, health healthcare marketplace or health insurance marketplace or whatever was set up with through the ACA, the way I read my my um, my plan for my dental insurance was that copay is fifteen dollars, meaning no matter what your visit is about, unless it's like some extensive surgery or anything, if it's just like a regular checkup and cleaning, that price would be paid for like once a month, and then. If you did have to pay for any subsequent non-extensive work or cleaning or anything like that, um, you would only pay a $15 copay. So they would take care of the rest of the price, just you pay the remaining $15. And I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. Plus, I haven't been to a dentist in so long, I, I, I don't know if I've got, um, if I'm going to need extensive work, fillings and whatnot. I've never had... I've never had a cavity. Thank goodness. I think it's because my mom raised me, uh, raised me good, fed me healthy foods. So I didn't get a lot of, uh, quite as much sugar as I see some kids eating. And, uh, that's pretty fortunate for me because I've got good teeth and they're straight too because I wore braces, which was very abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in band playing trumpet, you have to flex your mouth muscles to get the right embouchure. And I had just the wires, especially at the end, off the back ends of the teeth, the back, far back molars, when the wires stick out at the end of the braces, that just tore the inside of my mouth up. And I can still feel with my tongue inside my top lip, not on my bottom lip, but on my top lip, I can feel a permanent crease in the back there of where the wire used to be. 
Um, so if you know anyone or if you ever see someone who is playing the trumpet or any instrument that really requires an embouchure, but brass, definitely brass, definitely, because you really got to flex that mouth and push that air. So there's a lot of tension that can happen up in the uh, mouth region. And if you see someone playing a brass instrument and while wearing braces on their teeth, um, feel empathy. Just take a moment and look at them and think, God damn, they're going through something painful to bring the world beautiful music. Even if the music sucks, at least they're making the effort to put the music out there and to share it with everyone. Wow, fully automated luxury gay space communism is so wow. It is, but I'm not there yet. I've still got to tell you more about my week. So I got my teeth cleaned and um, I ended up having to pay not $15, but what was it? $57. I had to pay $57, which would have been $15 more, except for my insurance pays $15. So despite the fact that their literature all pretty explicitly, at least as far as I remember it, and I do fucking take my time to read the, the small print and everything on stuff, the literature itself said $15 copay, which generally means you only pay $15. It doesn't mean they're only paying $15. So what the fuck am I paying $10 a month for if I'm going to go and get a fucking cleaning twice a year, one cleaning every six months, one cleaning checkup that's going to run me like, what, $70, $57 with that $15 off. What the fuck is the point of paying $10 a month for that bullshit? What is 15 extra dollars instead of having to pay what? a hundred something for this fucking insurance that doesn't do shit and their website sucked and their their phone service sucked. They were a pain in the ass to deal with and um, I'm very displeased with them. And that's one of the reasons I fucking demand full, complete Medicare for all right now. Right fucking now. I'm sick of dealing with those fucking bullshit insurance companies all the time. Fuck them. Well, anyway, my teeth, I got all sorts of x-rays, and oh, dude, the x-ray tech was uh, freaky. The x-ray tech, <laughs> he seemed very lonely, and there were not a lot of people. This this dentist's office was out in the mall, um, which was already kind of like a red flag for me. Um, and so I... I I went to the mall Tuesday in the afternoon, went up uh, to, the, to the second floor to get to my dentist's office in the mall, which is just bizarre to me, but there it is. And also, I, I, I wouldn't have chosen the mall, one, because it's in the mall, which is just kind of, it, it personally, it's a red flag for me for some reason that I, I can't help but think. I mean, it's like it's in the fucking mall with the, with the fucking corn dog place, you know? Mall's the place for corn dogs and Spencer's gifts and, and hot topic, not for a fucking dentist's office, not where you're putting your 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 oral hygiene and, and bones, bone well-being and enamel and shit on the line at the fucking next to the fucking corn dog place. Are you kidding me? What is this? What is this Mickey Mouse bullshit? What is this? Well, I go there and uh 
you know, they're playing smooth jazz and I fill out mm, about eight pages worth of documentation. Uh, mostly I'm sure for, uh, you know, legal purposes and dealing with insurance companies. So I fill out all this stuff. No, 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 I don't have hepatitis. No, no, I've never licked the back of a feral boar. Yes, yes, I realize that all boars are feral. Yes, yes, I realize that I might not know that for a fact. I really don't know if all boars are feral. It just seems like that. Like pigs can be domesticated, but boars? I think uh, I feel like by definition, boars are kind of feral creatures. Anyway, smooth jazz. I'm filling out my forms and stuff. Uh, and then I wait and I, uh, oh, and in the lobby of this place, they've got like a Keurig coffee maker. And I explicitly, I, I, I cleaned my teeth super good before going because that's kind of what my parents taught me to do before going to a dentist. Clean your teeth really well, brush your tongue, floss, do all the, the full nine yards before you go in because, I mean, they're already going to be scraping shit out of your mouth. So you want to make their job any harder, you know? So I brushed my teeth and all this. I get there and they've got a fucking coffee maker there. It's like, why would you want to drink coffee before going in there with your coffee stained teeth and your coffee stained tongue? And these people are going to be working with it and they're already going to be scraping off like calculus, which they, they call it instead of plaque. Now they call it calculus. So they're going to be scraping mathematics off your fucking dentures. And um, why are you just going to stain it? Why are you going to make their job any harder, man? So, um, yeah, I go in, I get an x-ray done. The x-ray tech freaked me the fuck out. Uh, he, he was just this like kind of um, really weird energy. This guy had just really weird energy. And, and like I said, he seemed lonely. And while I was like in the x-ray room wearing the heavy lead vest, sitting back on the reclined dentist chair with a fucking chunk of uh, plastic and metal sticking out of my mouth with some little new newfangled device with the wire going in my mouth to take instant x-ray imaging before they take the solid x-ray imaging or something. So it like delivers directly to the computer right next to me. This guy is asking me about, so what do you do? So what do you do? So what do you do? And I try to avoid talking about what I do because I don't want to fucking, it's kind of annoying to tell people like, oh, you know, I'm an actor and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And they think you're something. They think maybe you get work. And it's like, no, you don't realize like I'm fucking poor as shit. Like McDonald, a part-time McDonald's worker is more employed than I am, at least as far as acting is concerned. Um, and he just kept asking me about this stuff. And then I told him, yo, I, um, I'm getting into stand-up comedy. I've been going to open mics. And he started telling me about, oh, fucking, what's the guy's name? He does Family Feud now. Uh, and he's got the mustache. And um, Kenan Thompson kind of impersonates him on SNL. What the fuck is that guy's name? Anyway, that dude... L uh, not Larry David. It's it's Harvey, Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve Harvey with the weird mustache. He started telling me about Steve Harvey uh, talking on some show about, you know, I never passed up a gig. I never passed up a job, never passed up a job. And he kept repeating that to me. And I was like, oh, with that big chunk of plastic in my mouth while he's zapping me with radiation from the x-ray cannon. Yeah, he just said, uh, 
yeah, he was on this show and and he said he'd never passed up a gig. You know, if it was like driving limos or or, or doing something else, you know, he never he never passed up a job. Yeah, and he was on this show and he said he never passed up a job. Yeah, he was on this show and he said he never passed up a job. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm starting to get flashes in my head of like is I hope this guy's not gonna going to try to uh, give me anesthetic or anything try to knock me out and then fucking kill himself over over me over my my passed out body blows fucking brains out all over my my lolling tongue as I'm you know got an IV drip of something and a gas mask oh god dude I, you know fucking dentist high suicide rate if you don't know that's a fucking thing you should know that's a fucking thing dentists there's so many killing themselves they're all fucking lonely man and they're looking at your goddamn teeth your nasty mouth all day you know, they have to deal with so much halitosis and gingivitis uh, and, and rotten tongues like uh, fucking scraping uh, you know undigested uh, uh, fucking graham crackers and, and goldfish baked goldfish not real goldfish maybe finding a real fucking goldfish in someone's mouth picking a bone out of their back molar uh, you know having to cut out fucking wisdom teeth of course they're suicidal of course they're inside all day under these fucking fluorescent lights and there's no goddamn windows and there's fucking smooth jazz playing and they're looking at your goddamn mouth and tooth after tooth after tooth and they're drying further and further and further into the heart of darkness into the heart of their own mind in the pit of despair yes Yes, it happens. Yes, there's a high suicide rate of dentists. And I have no fucking statistics to back that up. It's just a stereotype, okay? And it's one that's firmly ingrained in my mind because I've known about it for a long time. And so I thought that dude might kind of, you know, he, he I'm getting weird vibes off of him. He seems kind of desperate for approval, desperate for my company. And and then he asks me, do you do any YouTube stuff after I tell him, you know, I'm, I'm doing comedy. Um, and I, I, so I'm loath to say that I'm doing comedy anyway, because I'm like, I'm still just doing open mic. I'm still learning and stuff. Although I have been in a lot of comedic plays. So I guess I am. I have done comedy. So I, I, I don't know what the fuck to call myself. Oh wait, I do. James J. Asher the second. That's me, the host of the show. That thing with James J. Asher the second. That's me. Um, what was I talking about? What I tell you? Fucking frenetic energy. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. These pretzels are making me thirsty. I'm back. So. Anyway, yeah, I got the x-rays done. I don't have any cavities or anything. I was all freaked out. I ended up did liking the doctor um, and the person sitting at the front desk, just the uh, the tech. That guy kind of freaked me out. Um, but I don't want to belabor the point. It's fine. No cavities. My teeth are all clean and everything now, so I'm happy. That's one less thing to stress about. Now... For the rest of the week, it's just been really frantic energy, like I said, frenetic, manic energy all week. And the heat is just driving people nuts. It's driving people to drive nuts. Even pedestrians are acting just fucking bizarre. People are getting even more aggressive than they usually are. Texas drivers are fucking aggressive, but not as much as, say, Louisiana and Florida and South Carolina drivers just drivers in the south are the fucking worst, man. Anyway, um, yeah, got my teeth cleaned. That's all good. 
did went to open mic yesterday, which was Friday, and I'm noticing something from a few different hosts who keep mentioning the word diary. They keep saying like, uh, and here's James Asher. He's probably going to read from his diary or that was from his diary or something. Just the word diary keeps popping up. And I guess that's kind of my stand-up style because I'm not really one for one-liners. I'm not really trying to look to see like how it's supposed to be done because from everything I've read, there is no right or wrong way to do stand-up. I mean, well, there is. It's not funny. But even people who do it like, quote-unquote, the right way, you know, they write jokes, you know, premise, setup, punchline, tag, do that over and over and over again. There's just a lot of comedians that I just don't find funny at all. I'd say the majority of stand-up comedians I don't find funny. Even really famous ones. Most of them I'm unimpressed with. The ones that I really genuinely like and impressed by and am impressed by, um, those are pretty few and far between. And and I noticed what they do is what's best for them, what comes naturally to them. And so that's kind of how I'm approaching my own um, stand-up craft, uh, my burgeoning stand-up craft, is that I'm just really trying to figure out what comes naturally to me, what works best for me. And I think that might just be sharing stories from my diary because I, I write in my, I call it my journal because I'm a man and, uh, uh, yeah, I just share these stories and then try to add some kind of punchline to them to make it real funny. But, um, yeah, so I think that might be my style because like I said, I'm not much of like a, personally, I'm not great at the one-liners. I'm no Mitch Hedberg. I loved some Mitch Hedberg, um, but I'm not Mitch Hedberg. Um, I'm me. And so I'm trying to find the best way to convey that um, on stage behind a microphone. Now, um, different subject. I've started watching Star Trek Next Generation. Now, I first saw it when I was very little. Um, my dad would watch it and I'd watch it with him. And, uh, you know, I was so young, I don't remember any of it. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided to start watching the show because I saw it was on some streaming services. And so I've been watching it. I'm into well into the third season now, I think. And I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. The stories are great and the acting there's, there are so many really good actors and performances in the show. And that, to me, is the one thing that really sells it and makes it special. Because there are so many sci-fi shows that just have the worst acting. I mean, there's bad acting in a lot of different types of shows of many different genres. But sci-fi is a seriously frequent repeat offender when it comes to having just really bad acting in it. 
And that kind of ruins these really good stories, you know, these great ideas. They're just kind of wasted on shitty performances. But Star Trek Next Generation, for the most part, there still are some campy people. And, oh, God, the fight scenes are the campiest. Um, but the I'd say the majority of the actors are pretty damn good. Even the, the guests they'll have on, guest stars really good really good stuff um but since i've started watching the show i've noticed it popping up in things being mentioned on podcasts or on television shows or reading about it and random things online people posting on reddit articles um like the one i'm going to get into here in a bit um now i don't know if all of these Star Trek Next Generation references have been flying around everywhere, but I'm noticing it now. They, maybe they have always been there, and I just didn't notice it because I wasn't like active in watching the show. But now that I am, I'm noticing Star Trek Next Generation everywhere, references to it everywhere. And it's interesting how that happens when you become hip to a certain subject and you start noticing it in other things, in other subjects, everywhere else. References. Synchronicities. And another thing that's been popping up in my life a lot recently is this idea of fully automated luxury communism. I first heard about it on a leftist subreddit on Reddit and I had no idea. They kept talking about Falk, or I'd see a meme for fully fully automated luxury communism or fully automated luxury gay space communism, and be like, what is this fantastical sounding thing? So I looked it up, and I saw that, no, it's a real thing, and it's been talked about for a while. As a matter of fact, there was a book written about it recently. I haven't read the book, but uh, just last night, I came across this article in The Atlantic um, about, about this book and the idea of Falk. And I want to read um, some good portions from this article. I think, I, I really hope it's not copyright infringement. If it is, please just send a cease and desist. I don't want to get sued. There's nothing you can take from me. I don't have anything to give you. Just tell me to take it down. But I think this is fair use because I'm going to give full citation. And also, you can find it for free online. You don't have to subscribe to read this thing. So here we go. Um, This is on theatlantic.com. The article is called Give us fully automated luxury communism. And the the subtitle is A New Book Proposes We Let Robots Do All the Work. It was published June 20th, 2019, and it was written by staff writer at The Atlantic, Annie Lowry. Here we go. Imagine a life in which all your basic needs were met. The bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs forever lopped off. No concerns about college debt ruining your ability to buy a home. No worries about where meals will come from or whether you would have enough cash to keep gas in your car. No problems paying medical bills. Then, imagine a life in which virtually all of your needs were met. 
In this world, society would guarantee its members not just middle-income status, but the prospect of travel, the option of a fulfilling but non-remunerative career, time with family and friends, time spent with cats and gardens and on volunteering and road trips. Imagine that all your peers exercised regularly and watched as much peak television as they wanted. I don't know what the fuck peak television is supposed to mean. Is that like prime time or something? I don't know. Imagine never retiring because there would be no need to retire. And imagine this happening on a far greener planet. Now that sounds good to me. I say there's no fucking need for jobs. No need for jobs. Um, now let's, let's reframe that. There could be a need for jobs, like in Star Trek, it's someone's job to, um, you know, make sure the Starship Enterprise is running smoothly and not running into an asteroid or anything. Um, but this job doesn't have anything to do necessarily with basic needs like food, like finding food or anything like that. It's a different type of job. And it's a job based around not profit. It's a job based around the idea of knowledge, the pursuit. It's an idea based around the pursuit of knowledge and just exploration, discovering new planets, new civilizations, going where no one has gone before. Now, that's something I've noticed at the beginning of Star Trek Next Generation that I really like because I... If I remember, I, I may be mistaken, but I feel like the original Star Trek, the line was going where no man has gone before. I don't know if that's accurate, but if it is, whichever, I'm glad that Next Generation says going where no one has gone before because it can be anybody, you know? And I think that's a great thing to strive for. Well, anyway, let me get back to this article here. Um... If the former is the promise of today's resurgent left-tilting left, of which I'm a proud member, I'm lefty, left-left, not center-left, uh, the latter, uh, left-tilting left, the latter is the promise of its revolutionary vanguard, its furthest flank. And it has a name, a great name, fully automated luxury communism, or FALC. Falk is a strong brew of technological determinism, sunny utopianism, and souped-up socialism. Let the robots do all the work, and let humans enjoy the fruits of their labor in equal measure. A mainstay of science fiction and prophetic religious texts, minus the robots part. The idea has come into vogue over the past half century or so, both among progressive thinkers, wait, not past half century, past half decade, so about past five years, both among progressive thinkers concerned about inequality and stagnation, and among the internet's meme makers, the promoters of Falk's swervier cousin, fully automated luxury gay space communism. La 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 bum 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 fully automated luxury space 
space gay communism. La 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 la. Living to humans' highest ideals. La 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 la. Fully automated luxury gay space communism. The most ardent advocate for Falk, Aaron Bastani, London-based blah, 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 blah. I don't want to get into the book review. I just want to talk about Falk, man. Uh, mining asteroids, yada, yada. Looks like he went into uh, some details of stuff that, you know, he's about. Not, not necessarily what Falk is all about. You know, you, you don't have to fucking mine asteroids, man. You can, like in The Expanse. Um, it's a good show. It's got some terrible acting. Uh, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. Now, the vision of, of Falk is not a new one. John Maynard Keynes's famous essay, Economic Possibilities for Our Grandchildren, imagines a world with far less work and far more leisure. Shulamith Firestone, what a name. Shulamith Firestone. Shulamith. 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 Shulamith Firestone wrote about, quote, cybernetic communism, end quote. Yet the most complete picture of Falk or Falgsk might come not from radical leftists or academic economists, but from Star Trek. In that imagined universe, replicators produce physical goods and artificial intelligence takes care of services. There is no need for money, no need for work, no problems with resource competition. People do what they want. Living on the USS Enterprise, visiting far-flung planets, going on adventures with your friends while wearing a modular outfit and a cute little pin. Now that's fully automated luxury communism. Where does the gay space come from? Uh, I, now I can tell you where the gay space comes from. Awesomeness. Okay? Why just stop? The idea of Falk is, to me... Not an outrageous idea, but to the status quo, the idea of fully automated luxury communism, to the status quo, that is a, Falk is a outrageous, extreme idea. Why? Because people are stupid and they've been brainwashed by other stupid people who are cynical and greedy and fully lack any kind of imagination. And uh, they can't envision any life other than just exploiting people and hoarding wealth and resources and materials. Uh, so it's already outrageous to the status quo, so why not make it more outrageous to the types of people who would be against Falk or anything imaginative and new and innovative and good and awesome? Why not just throw in gay in there and add in space because fucking, you know, space. <laughs> Sci-fi, man. 
the the gay part, you know, you're accepting other people of, you know, just the idea, just the, the word gay, you just, you know, it, it's not being focused specifically on homosexuals. It's, uh, to me, it's just a word that's being used to communicate the whole idea of accepting whomever, no matter who they love and no matter who they're attracted to and so on and so forth. So there's that. There's the acceptance and then space because fucking space is cool, man. It's cool. And maybe under Falk, we could explore our ocean because we know like what? Two percent of the ocean there's we we can't go down there because it's uh the pressure the water pressure we're not able to go down there without instruments getting crushed or people's uh blood boiling because that happens uh at certain altitudes um so yeah gay space communism and then also the i the word communism is completely fucking misunderstood in the United States because it's often um, pinned to the USSR. And the thing with USSR is, you know, they'll say, oh, communism never works every single time. Well, there's a multifactual, multiple reasons for why USSR didn't work out. One, it got taken over by oligarchs because I guess there weren't, I, I'm no fucking expert in this field, okay? I'm just working with what I know, to the best of my knowledge. Um, the institution didn't close up enough loopholes to keep um, oligarchs from, from forming, so that happened. And also, um, persistent, um, extremely detrimental intervention um, from staunchly capitalist institutions fucking with it and dismantling it like uh, the US trying to throw Venezuela you know and then we got busted at the beginning of this year we got busted pumping in fake shit trying to create yet another fucking coup in South America um, I think communism actually fucking 100% can work. And I think that it's the only way for humans to survive, uh, as, as we're so interconnected now and technology is at such an advanced level. I think it's really just unimaginative and I, I I can't think of a concise way to say it. It's just fucking dumb. If you can't imagine a better life, if you can't imagine an economy that moves beyond capitalism, capitalism is not the fucking end-all be-all, man. Capitalism is not the end-all be-all. It's useful for getting out of feudal situations, but but look where it's led us now. It's led us to oligarchs, aristocracy, a ruling class. We're facing uh, uh, boiling, uh, rising class consciousness in the United States in a boiling point. We're reaching a boiling point between classes. This is fucking class warfare we're seeing right now. Uh, all the craziness that's happening. It's not left versus right. 
It's not dark skin versus light skin. That's what the ruling class tells the working class to keep the working class fucking distracted and blaming each other for its shitty position in life. It's shitty quality of life. When in fact, it's the ruling class's fault. If there's anyone to blame, it's the fucking ruling class for instituting policies that keep the poor fighting the poor instead of fighting for their human fucking rights, fighting for a better life, fighting for a world in which money is no object. The idea like fucking we don't need it anymore. Why not share, you know, creating a fucking society based on empathy and compassion and sharing and support and love instead of division and greed and you know brainwashing people to think that if they're poor they're immoral and if they're rich they're more moral than people who aren't so rich uh, fucking rich people think of that shit the uh, several a lot of fucking people like on fox news the, the kind of fucking heads that go on there they talk you know you look at this stuff and they equate morality with wealth so if you're poor it must be because well you didn't work hard enough and maybe you're morally corrupt. That's why you're poor. It's all your fault. You just didn't work hard enough. Fuck that bullshit. There are plenty of people that work much harder than someone who is worth a trillion dollars, one billion dollars, several million dollars. You can't tell me that one person who had a good idea and then spends most of the day sitting at a fucking desk, or if they're even showing up to work at all, works any harder than a, a fucking immigrant who's moved here to get away from a horrible fucking violence and standard of living that was in South America, most likely um, uh, caused by United States intervention. So they come here for the, for the prospect of a better life, the American dream, and they work their asses off just to get shit on. You can't tell me that those, that the, uh, CEO works any harder than someone working in a fucking orchard and trying to save up money to send back to their family so they don't fucking starve or whatever. I see it. I, I see a lot of immigrants around here. Um, Guatemalans, Hondurans, they're hardworking people and they do not deserve to be spat upon or abused. They deserve every right, just like citizens, just like anyone else, in my view. Even people with whom I am maybe, you know, politically don't agree with, even if I even if I just like kind of dislike a person, I still say that they deserve a good, healthy, happy life. Uh, I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back with more fully automated luxury gay space communism. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. Now, uh, I recently saw a tweet from a Texas politician named Dan Crenshaw. Um, you may have seen him because he was made famous by uh, SNL. Um, he's the dude, he's a veteran, and he wears an eye patch over, I believe, his right eye. 
and uh well he's a texas politician so of course he's very uh, conservative and um since becoming famous um by snl cracking a joke and then walking the joke back and taking bringing him on and giving him a huge platform he's now flexing that platform like on twitter saying things like um something like uh, it was before the second democratic presidential debate um he said what horrible ideas are we going to see or no, no, no. new debate tonight new democratic debate tonight i wonder what new um horrible idea we're going to hear tonight what that uh four hour work days are a human right yeah i'm pretty sure that's what he said yeah he, he was saying basically saying like what a four hour work day is a human right that's just stupid that's a terrible idea actually i think it's uh it is a fucking human right and because of my day job, I happen to read a lot of articles dealing with career stuff, um, be it productivity, anything to do with the career, with one's career, um, you know, job searches, um, networking and interview advice, all sorts of stuff. I just like 20 hours a week. I'm, I'm spending most of that time reading through these articles about career advice and career related things. And one of the things I come across time and time again are studies like full studies about, um, productivity. And frankly, well, to make the long, long idea shorter, uh, Literally, there's there's plenty of evidence that proves that um, as far as like office worker. Now, it's different for like an hourly, like a restaurant kind of thing. But if you're working like because that's just an ongoing service, you're just giving people food as they come in. But when it comes to other work, like say if you're like in a salaried type position where you're working on projects, um, workers have it's found in these various studies that um, workers are just as, if not more productive in four hours than they are in eight hours. When they have a full eight hour day that they're supposed to be working, a lot of people average out really to only doing like two hours of a lot of work. The rest of the the rest of that eight hours, the remaining six hours is spent with just filler, like not working or doing anything or just like sitting there. So you get your work done, but you still have to be there. It's fucking absurd in a really stupid way. It's not like fun absurd. It's not like Monty Python absurd. It's, it's insidious, man. It's fucking stupid. And, uh, and it needs to go away. You know, you, we don't need 40-hour work weeks anymore. And plus, Dan decrying a 20-hour work week being a human right thing, well, it, it, you get more fucking done. They found that, like, if a person has four hours in the day, they'll actually get more done because, one, they know they're not going to be there all day. It's just, like, half of the 
what's perceived as usual business day. And two, um, because they're only there for that limited amount of time, they're a lot more focused and on task. And also, one of the biggest factors is rest. Rest. Uh, as soon as fatigue starts to set in, um, a person's, uh, a worker's performance and their productivity drops exponentially. It, there's no need to do eight hours because people get fatigued after eight hours. Even if you're just sitting at a desk, yes, you get fucking bored. You want to go do something else, just sitting there. Um, unless you're a workaholic and that's a, that's an emotional problem that you should talk to a therapist about because that means you're trying to hide from some other issues that you don't want to face. But, you know, aside from workaholism, workaholism, um, you don't really need, you don't really fucking need to be there for eight hours. Four hours is plenty, probably even less. And you can still get just as much done as you would in a eight hour day in a 40 hour, 40 hour work week. And also Dan Crenshaw decrying a, 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 a 20 hour work week being a human, right? That to me says that about a hundred years ago, he would have been the kind of guy that would have been screaming about how outrageous and absurd and dumb the idea of a 40 hour work week is. Plus the idea of taking children, you know, giving, uh, passing child labor laws. Like children are not supposed to be working in fucking factories. Children aren't supposed to be working at all. They're supposed to be in school and learning so they can become uh, healthy, well-informed, uh, intelligent and wise members of society and productive members of society when they grow up. A hundred years ago, he would have been screaming about what a bad take that is. Centrists and conservatives alike, both about a hundred years ago, were screaming that child labor laws and 40 hour or 80 hour work weeks, no, 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 40 hour work weeks, they were screaming that those things would like completely collapse the economy. It was the most horrible thing to ever happen. And look, here we are. It's fine. We're being more productive than we've ever been. And then the idea of, of technology. You know, part of the idea behind technology is that it's supposed to make our lives easier. It's supposed to make our lives easier and, and make us more productive with less effort. And employers and people who are in the, I don't know, uh, the controller seat, so to speak, um, don't really, see, they seem reluctant to accept the idea that, um, we do have the technology to get away with, say, an eight hour work day. I just read an article about that last night, um, about some study was done recently on the effect of, uh, work and well-being so they find that like it happens with a lot of retired people where they start to get like really depressed when they don't have a job anymore and so having work to do kind of keeps a person happy to uh, to a certain extent um but they found that the the peak happiness or peak uh, mental well-being that comes from working 
that peaks at eight hours within a week. So anything beyond eight hours in a single week, um, it's not doing anything extra. They already got the benefit of working out of those eight hours. And um, yeah, technology, it's supposed to free us up so that we don't have to work so much, so that we can have more free time, so that we can go explore new things, create art, um, go discover stuff, go on adventures. It's just a, it's a better life. And some people just can't imagine it or don't want to accept the idea of it. So I really like the idea of fully automated luxury communism. I, I love the idea of living in a post-money society, a post-scarcity society. We have the knowledge, we have the means to not have to work anymore, to reduce suffering, to take care of our basic needs, food, uh, water, shelter, you know? Just let us travel. Let us become fully actualized humans, not just individuals, but humans. The whole species. Let's, let's raise up the whole species as a collective worldwide. Oh, my loud neighbor's here, so I guess I'm going to cut this short so you don't hear her. Oh, wait. It's not my loud neighbor. It's Emily. Hey, come here. Come here. No. No, come here. He's doing a podcast. Come here. Oh, come say hi. He's recording a podcast. Yeah. No way. Hi. Hi. This is my friend, Kat. I'm guessing Emily tried to contact me. Yep. Yeah, I'm recording this. Yeah, we're like, come give us a ride, damn it. But it's really? okay, we got a ride. <laughs> oh, you needed a ride too? Well, yeah. we were just together, so I was like, since we live like literally down the street from each other, I was like, hey, just give me a ride to your place, I'll walk the rest. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm yeah, talking about all. I'm talking about communism. <laughs> oh, I don't know much about that, but it's great. <laughs> I'm talking about fully automated luxury communism. Okay. Have you heard of this? And, this, no. and then there's also fully automated luxury gay space communism. So gay? basically, what? it's the idea that <laughs> it's like it's like Star Trek where just everything's automated. Like we don't have to really work anymore because we've got right. machines to do work for us. Yeah. And we have that technology right now. Yeah. It sounds like the Venus Project, which is yes. like the most similar thing I could think of. Yeah. It is very much like the Venus Project. Yeah. And it's like a post-money society. Yeah. So you don't need to do that anymore. So you just live your life and become like... Yeah, a, you're actually actual free. Life. <laughs> yeah, you're actually free. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you were like, come on my podcast. And I was like, why do you want me to come on your podcast? Like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Because you're into this kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice because like a lot of people don't understand any of it. And when I see like your comments on my stuff and I come on your stuff and we like... Yeah. can totally yeah like understand each other so it's nice last week i commented on one of your posts and then there was this <laughs> other dude this other dude who started asking me like it's uh, my brother oh i don't i didn't catch Maybe his not. name i don't think it was oh steven schulter yeah you started talking to him i wouldn't that say his ex- last name <laughs> it's okay he doesn't care yeah i was He's like i was like i i don't like 
I, at first I thought we were going to have like a, you know, a discussion, but then I started seeing like where he was coming from and I'm like, oh, this, honestly, your discussion with him was way more, um, like you guys were like feeding into each other's like conversation. Whereas like, he's usually just like talking at people and like telling them they're wrong. That's what I fucking figured he was going to be. Cause I was yeah. like, I started seeing like, oh, this dude's going to fucking defend like Ben Shapiro and those fucks. Yeah. You know? And I was Which like, I'm just... kind of was. I know. So, and not in, like, a d- direct way, but, like, in a way of, like, oh, you shouldn't dismiss everything they say. When it's like... Right. But why should I listen to anything they say at all? Like, what's the reason for that? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, fucking, you know about Jordan Peterson? The Canadian dude who's, like... I don't know. The guy, uh, the I know I've heard this. Freak. Yeah, something he's like that. Yeah. He's a freak. Uh, Anyways. But he's like, you know, <laughs> clean your room. But like, all the fucking incels are into him and everything. And he's okay. like, at first it sounds like, okay, because he's like saying, you know, get your shit together, you know? Come up mm-hmm. with some goals and, you know, clean your room and yada yada. But then he starts getting into, like, um, you know, there should only be monogamous relationships between men and women. Yeah. And, and then it gets, like, whew, way downhill after that. But yeah. Yeah, that Steven dude, I was like, uh, I'm starting to see where this dude's going. And he was like, leaving really fucking long responses. So I was like, I'm just not going to read it because I'm already like stressed. On you my handled own. it really well, though. I felt like you didn't, um, you know, like just completely like let him, you know, just have his way. Like you still like brought back arguments that could like go the other way. Like you weren't you weren't conceding, but you weren't also like just saying that you were wrong. Like you were actually having a conversation, which is what I always like right. try to do. And if someone is more like just like this is the way it is and there's no other way of seeing it, like I just don't agree with that because like everyone has their own way of seeing stuff. Exactly. So I just think that you should be open to other other interpretations and yeah. perspectives. But Whether was, you agree I, with it or not, like I was close to telling him just like, oh you're one of them. <laughs> but then I was like, it's just don't I'm say anything. I'm a total bitch to him every time he messages me because I'm like, honestly, like, I don't even know why we're still friends. Do you know, <laughs> how do you know this guy? He used to be my boyfriend. Oh. Like, when I was 14. Oh, God. And he was like 16 and we lasted for like a year and a half and then broke it off for like a couple months and then had like another like relationship for like another few months and then, then it was done. So. Right on. But, but you still stay in contact, which is good. Kind of. kind like, of like I really don't stay in contact. Well, yeah, but, like Facebook friends, right? Contact. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're having fucking. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> but I have to yeah. go pee, and then I'll be back if you want. <laughs> actually, uh, I I, I want to have you back for like a full episode because I'm actually wrapping this thing up. Cool. So awesome! It's so cool to yeah be on a podcast. Hell yeah! It's amazing. And I'll get you on for a full I, episode. Um, I'm totally in support of all your endeavors. So thank Keep you. Keep it up, man. Thanks. <laughs> this is fucking cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. I want to well. shake your hand, but I'm gonna give you a hug because you're my friend. Oh. Yeah. All right, dude. All right. Go pee.
Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Check you next week. Uh, don't forget, if you want to donate, you can donate at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at James J. Asher. You can visit my website, jamesjasher.com. You can, uh, you can uh, bend over and lick your own butthole if you want. You can lick a friend's butthole. That's what love is about, my friend. Keeping each other clean and fresh, feeling good. Stick around for next week's episode and, and, and look forward to new clips. I'm going to make some highlight clips. I'm probably going to make a highlight clip of what just happened uh, because that was cool. I love you, all my friends. May life make amends with all the open ends in your life. La la la. Come again. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.